executive producer of MLC's The Big Show, Kevin Mears. Thank you for allowing me to come on this morning, Kevin. I really appreciate all the extra time and investment you've given me this week as we've pumped out about 20-some episodes. It's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a wildfire. You just don't know where to stop it. You betcha. You don't know exactly what the best way to do this is. We might go back and I don't want to make anyone feel like their program is less important, but there is some major history lessons to be learned in 60, 61, 62, 63. That's the Max Folly, Joe Gensini, and Mike Widener episode. Shortly after that, we interviewed Lance Ellsworth uh, from Cattle Visions. Moving on, I mean, some of the highlights of the week was the Matt Popelka episode that did okay in terms of viewership numbers. And then uh, moving on, like Dave Geyer, Todd Caldwell. Some of the best podcasts that we put out outside of the, you know, the best ever. Old Ryman Ranch, number 38, and uh, David Bradford, number 37 or 9, somewhere in there. It was sandwiched right there next to the Ryman deal. Those would be some of my top favorites, but I just want people that are new to the channel to make sure that they're getting to that all episodes page and scrolling through and briefly glancing back through some of the older ones because, I mean, if we were a normal podcast that put out one-hour episodes once a week, we would be on episode four today. Matt, I'll tell you what. I think the best way people can do is just go to the beginning and just push play and just listen to them in order. I told you the other day that I think a 10-minute, 13, 15-minute is about right drive time to the farm. It's like me. We're at the show this weekend, drive from the hotel to the show. Speaking of that show, interesting facts. Some people I knew and I knew well. Some people, no idea who they are. And for our listeners, just a little background. We're at a little pig show here in Ohio today. So not typically the MLC big show listening audience. We need to tell the audience we need into that pig audience or that pig market. So we got to get two or three over the next two and a half weeks before I retire. Uh, We got to get some picks, some high brand, high high value pig audience. We got to have Steve Martin on here and the story of that bear that goes wire to wire and wins the Indiana State Fair. Some have said the best bear ever. We got to have have him. He's he's bingo. He's a big one. And, hey, uh, you know who? And, and, and we have not talked about this off air. So, But in one of the pictures you posted earlier promoting one of your other events, you had your hand around Andy Rash. Yeah. That old Andy Rash, he can give some of the most resounding. I, I believe I shared a one million view episode or uh, viral video on Facebook two or three years ago at the Indiana State Fair. Old Ryan, or excuse me, Andy Rash uh, bellowing from the rooftops. That man is an orator unlike any other besides JFK and uh, possibly you, you Michael think we Jackson. Could get him? You think we could get him? Great! We used to chase women together. Okay. because that Now guy, we're both old and gray and chubby and it's just like... That's I, the guy I, we I, need. That's the guy we need. That guy I think I have the number saved. I'm going to call him as soon as we get off this phone call. That that that's somebody. But and if anyhow, we do get a high value, if we do get a high value pig guest, I'm going to have to wait until you're done showing pigs because I need you to be a part of that. Because much like the Ryman episode, you had so much more industry knowledge in terms of the Ryman Ranch that uh, I just had to give you that episode because that was 
that was what was needed. I would need you in terms of a of an interview with Rash because I could all the I would want to talk about some chasing women and all that stuff. Anyhow, but no, where I was getting back to it, this little podunk jackpot pig show. Some people I knew well, some people I had no idea who they were or have no idea how they would know me with my six year olds at the pig show that I was Kevin Mears, that I was the executive the EP of the big show came up to me randomly and just started talking about episodes just randomly. I had five people yesterday, five. When I say people groups, husbands and wives, a kid, a teenager, you're, you're infiltrating the pig market already. Kevin show. I, I, Oh my gosh. I don't normally get emotional on air. I'm, I'm literally in tears right now. I just, it makes me so proud. You know, the only way I've seen worse acting is that, that chick Johnny Depp was married to. All right. It's still pretty cool, though, I think. It's really cool. It is. I was kind of shocked. Mainly, I was shocked these people knew who I was, that they associated me being at the pig show as your EP. <laughs> but, yeah, hey, you're getting yeah, in, you're, you're tapping I mean, into that market. It's just, I mean, just being honest, and I'm going to pretend as though no one's listening besides you and me, Kevin. But uh, Wait a minute. Are you just, recording this? Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I mean, just as if no one was listening right now, I don't think that there's probably ever been a podcast like ours ever. If people are turned off by my, uh, obnoxious voice, then they can just skip to the educational and informational programming only. But this is kind of like, uh, Netflix. We're trying to get multi-levels of programming here. Well, I don't know about Netflix, but it, it, it. It is something. <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're speaking of. Uh, Mad Magazine, yes. Anyways, moving I on. Go, I, uh, was only, I was only allowed to read the Christian Science Monitor growing up. Yes, and that's why you're so. That's why you're such a good dad. I, but I will say one thing: this podcast has been really good for my marriage. I've went down some rabbit holes before, trying to fight communism in the winter of 2020, and that was a little bit tough in my marriage. But, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, my wife and me have never talked more, and she really likes it that uh, I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I hear her telling you to shut up or get off the phone with mirrors. I hear her, I know you guys are talking more. I, I think there's probably a, young, a lot of 16 to 22-year-old boys, young men, and young women listening to, this epi- listening to your episodes. And I think we could probably give them some good advice when they're at wow. the shows chasing the girls, they need to find one that shares the same dream because it's amazing yeah. what a good woman will do for a young man. Uh, Not just the hot one. Yeah, I, I you didn't know. Route you were going to go down there, but there's no well, doubt that uh, if I had right chosen woman, the wrong woman in my 20s, I didn't wait till I was 30 to get married, but if I had chosen the wrong if I had probably met Michelle in my 20s, I unfortunately would be a statistic as far as divorce rates. I, uh, I waited until I got all that uh, uh, excitement out of my system in the 20s. And then as, on my 30th birthday, I was like, I need to find a, a, a beautiful woman and a caring woman that is involved in the cattle industry. And by golly, I just I, I struck gold. Actually, Michelle, she's always been a beautiful woman, but she's all she's actually gotten more beautiful and more like cowboy sense as she's gotten older. It's truly amazing how. I just, it's like my days in the LP. I just, I can't believe how lucky I am. Uh, I'm going to interview Michaela Grady 
uh, of Texas. She went on an amazing show run of wins and champions. Uh, if you don't know Michaela Grady, then you've had your head in the sand these last five years. And then also separately, or it might be in the same interview, the girls haven't decided yet, uh, a young gal by the name of Olivia Caldwell that uh, also, I, if you were to put like, a uh, a teetotter and the wins from Michaela Grady on one end and the wins from Olivia Caldwell on the other. Which which teetotter would be heavier? Not touching that. I'd she probably say Olivia. Been do it. She might have do, been doing it longer, possibly. <laughs> I'm so, scared. I'm scared of Todd. <laughs> oh, have you ever met Brad Grady? Come on now. And that little boy has. Yeah, but Brad Grady. I mean, he's not menacing, but you can just tell he's. He means business, uh, and, he, and he is good at business. I, I think the story is that he owns about uh, just a handful of businesses, and he does well in all of them. So I, I'm not sure the outline of the interview. There's two that I could announce. I'm going to go with this one. There is a gentleman from eastern Iowa. That, and this is all serious. There is no tone of, of uh, screwing around right now when I say this. Uh, there is Jared Chidester from eastern Iowa. And back in... If people wanted to go to his Facebook page this morning, uh, back last fall, he was released from the ICU in uh, eastern Iowa. He was on ivermectin just a little bit, but he came down with the COVID bug and uh, spent an extended amount of time in the ICU. And um, when his when he came out, his wife made a, a heartfelt post that kind of shook me to my core. And she said that everybody needed to get vaccinated. And uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still on the train of anti-vax because I've had some friends get have uh, some issues with stroke and stuff. But uh, I mean, I'm going to handle that interview uh, professionally, just like I did with Jenna Crafts. And uh, I guess the most important takeaway: we're not afraid to tackle anything. I mean, honestly, and uh, I want to be able to present both sides of the ball in terms of uh, some subjects that other people would want to run away from. And me and talked, you know, for a couple, five or 10 minutes and he's comfortable doing, uh, doing to tell his story because it might help other people. And, and I don't know how it will help other people, but it's truly a fascinating story. It'd be like the Popelka story in that you're probably not going to hear some of the things you'd hear in that Anywhere else but the big show and uh i mean maybe he'll prove to me that maybe he will bring me to the vaccination crowd and maybe i'll be vaxxed in a week but uh and i don't say that with any sort of like undertones of comedy that's just i think it's going to be a, a a truly important conversation and uh, it's going to show both sides of all and why i think that and what where he's at and where he thinks that so it'll be a good one and uh, rundown of my online sale today on SE Online Sales. We're selling just, I believe, I've, I haven't got the final numbers yet, but I think this is going to be the last time we offer Tonto eggs. We offered just a few the other night, and my boy Gaston, Colorado, bought the uh, No Guts Tonto eggs, and then a family in California buys the DJS Outsider eggs for, I believe, five five fifty on the not, No Guts and maybe seven fifty eight hundred on the on the Outsiders. So. Get online and, and consider taking a look at those. We like the time as good as any of our donors. She's our premier or featured donor in terms of color. And uh, then we got, you know, the I Am Here, the Hawkeye, the King Cobra, 
uh, Kung Fu Panda, as old Kevin Kevin Mears likes to say. Hunter Biden's laptop, just, you know, you've all seen my marketing all spring long. I don't need to go over it. But if you have any specific questions on matings today, I will be driving. I'm on my way to southwest hey, Iowa. Hey, down Matt, to Matt, Matt I, I got a question. What should I bring my yeah. I-80 Cal to? What should I, mean, I bring my I-80 Cal to? <laughs> if, if she's an I-80 heat wave, King Cobra, 100% of them types of cows that are just I-80 with something behind it besides a, a really hot-blooded female. Definitely the I am here. And, uh, yeah, I think King Cobra's a stud on club calf influence cows. I think I, uh, I am here. Oh, I got to tell this story. Brian Gottemiller called me after his second release, and uh, he says to me, I mean, this was, you know, uh, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and he, he called me with a lot of energy. Sometimes Goat is just a little bit reserved, but he calls me with a lot of energy, and he says, I am here, here to stay. <laughs> he said he had uh, just visited a cooperator herd, and he's seen a litter of five or six. I am here back on a driving 80 cow. Uh, actually, sibs to the eggs that he sold in his SC sale the other day. And guess what? Driving 80 is Kevo. He's an I 80 destiny. He's an I 80 son. Someone that doesn't know the platform or know how I want my bulls bred might say, Well, that's an I 80 son. Does that count as an I 80? And the answer is, Hell yeah. I would say one thing outside the periphery that I probably haven't made more, more people aware of. The bull Comanche, an unstoppable out of a double-bred MAB cow. He showed me a lot up there in Minnesota and Wisconsin. He was probably outside of that top four or five bulls behind I Am Here, King Cobra, uh, Hawkeye, and uh, Full Flush. Full Flush has been freezing uh, awesome and uh, starting to pr produce to the point where he's starting to get semen shipped around the distributors finally, not just Michelle selling it direct from the office. But after that group of top-tier club calf bulls, Comanche, a bull that is three years old and uh, just starting to get his legs underneath him. I guarantee you, Justin Tibbetts from Mineral Point, Wisconsin, bred about six or seven straws, I believe it was, and he has five head in his sale pasture. Comanche's back on a wide variety of cows. That bull throws bone. That throw, bull throws hair. He's basically, you know, unstoppable out of an MAB daughter that is out of MAB's mother. So, so, just, so, so time out, time out. Clean or dirty? Comanche is a TH carrier, so he would breed similar to a full flush in terms of the cows you're mating him to. I would say well, Comanche has thinking, just a I little less thinking, juice. In the, Comanche has just a little less juice in his pedigree in terms of cow type you need to take him to. So full flush is one of them true blue cow changing types of bulls, whereas Comanche, you take him. Breeds similar to unstoppable mating from the past. But he's rad. So you can take him to that sharp. Well, I guess I'm I'm advertising specifically to my boy Kevin Mears when that's, I say take him back was, to a Charlotte. That, take him. That's yeah. where I was getting at. That's where I was getting at. Th carrier in red. We've talked about this with other bulls and with Hawkeye getting one with that peach color or that red tinge or that orange tinge to where just not another gray smoke. And the number one reason to breed a red bull to a Charlotte is to avoid the rat tails, of course. I, Tibbetts was driving me around in the back of a four wheeler. And he drives as fast or faster than Tom Klinger. And if anybody's been to Tom Klinger's before, you can barely sit. I mean, you can barely hang on. He drives so fast. So, Tibbetts, you need to slow down so I could have got some videos of your Comanches. But I'm going to attach a, a video to this to the post on social media uh, that me and you are doing, Kevin. 
of a Comanche back on a high ho silver cow. That little deal looked like a little miniature version of Dakota Gold. He was a yellow baldy, just amazing little freaking ground pounder. And uh, Luke Taylor, I don't know, Luke Taylor must have a, a relationship with old Corey Allen that raised that calf. He called me immediately after I posted that one, and he said, hey, 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 I need that calf. So, you know, uh, don't try to buy him. And I said, uh, uh, Luke, too, I mean, I got to do what's best for my business. But, uh, no, actually, I mean, just to tell the story, and I doubt that Corey would want this information out there. He priced the bull at 15000 to me. And I liked him. I mean, but uh, I, I kind of probably saw him more as like a Kansas City through Denver steer or something that like a Steve Bonham would just, he would jump on and just go at it like a spider monkey. And he'd, he'd own that thing if it was in a bit off. If Mr. Allen decides to steer him, I'm pretty sure that Luke Taylor will market that one this fall in, uh, in southern Minnesota. Good stuff. We went, unless, we went back. unless one of the other traders hear this and sneak in there and get him bought first. Corey Allen from uh, just east of uh, – he lives like five minutes uh, from Rochester, Minnesota. And he's just a good fella. He's doing this to raise some calves for his kiddos to show at County Fair. But over the years, he's accumulated some awesome cows. He's got an – I mean, I don't, I don't want to make this about anything other than cattle. But he has one of the most beautiful farms that I've been to of all my trip and he's done really well for himself in business. But, uh, my point is whenever you breed club calf for 10 years, you eventually get enough kind of cow power in your herd that you just, you can raise calves of this quality. And before I post this, I'm going to have to think long and hard whether I want to buy that sucker for 15,000, but, uh, I might have to have a, a second conversation with Corey before I post this. Are you done picturing for the year? Or can people still access you? Nope, we got some. We got a job this weekend or this week uh, at, at 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 world famous Jessica Simpson's, and uh, <gasps> yes, and um, then well, I've had some calls for some western trips. Airfare has gotten crazy high, but we are looking at a trip. FJB, to, FJB, Go ahead. yep, to maybe the Omaha uh, Sioux Falls Airport. If you're in western Iowa, eastern Nebraska. Uh, southern Minnesota, eastern uh, South Dakota, and you're wanting club calf pictures but weren't sure about it, we're working on maybe putting a trip together for that here next week. But pretty much it's just hanging out with my kid, going to pig shows, enjoying some family time.